Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for episode 293. Today we are talking about how to get more fish in the diet. So you've heard us recommend fish all the time. We're always talking about that two to three servings a week. Um, But today we want to really take a deeper look into choosing quality sourcing, ensuring your fish is as fresh as possible and and how to actually select it, Um, favorite cooking techniques, and so much more. And we'll be sure to cover toxicity concerns like heavy metals and microplastics as well. Yes, about six months ago, we put out a YouTube video on, I think, ways to get more fish in your diet. So we'll link that as well. And uh, we followed that video with a pan-seared golf fish. I think it was a black Black drum. drum, Yeah, Yeah, it was delicious. We did a similar recipe actually a couple weeks back in our women's wellness workshop with Red Snapper. So we'll be sure to talk to you about that. But some of the comments on that video were asking, what about microplastics? So Mm -hmm. we wanted to do a deeper dive on all of the world of fish because like Becky said this is one that like you know information is always as sexy as the application guys and if you're just listening to us tell you how good it is for you but you're not cooking it and eating it it's not going to osmotically just get into your body and work as food as medicine that way (laughs) so we're hopefully going to help you navigate barriers and you know if you're choosing fish that isn't fresh or it it doesn't have the right turgidity or texture that would have a huge role in an unsuccessful prepared product and probably something that the house isn't asking for more of right right we'll help you make sure that it's delicious it's well sourced it's low toxicity and really high in nutrient density and something that you are craving weekly versus you know, white knuckle and through. Yes, absolutely. Uh, before we get into it, one quick update. So we're in the month of May currently. Um, right now we are running our annual Beat the Heat promo. So temperatures are really heating up out there, at least in, in Texas already. Um, and we like for you guys to be able to stock up on our probiotics so that you don't have any concerns of shipping during the hottest summer months. That's June, July, and August. Um, Even though our probiotics have been shown to be shelf stable up to 120 degrees plus um, and still have the stated amount of active live cultures on the bottle and we have a whole FAQ um, probiotic shipping that I will link in today's show notes. We're still offering this sale so you guys can stock up and just rest assured. Um, So during the month of May, you can use the code BEATTHEHEAT. And when you buy two bottles of any probiotic at full price, you'll get the third bottle at 50% off. So you can absolutely mix and match between different probiotics, but it might be a good idea to stock up on the highest dollar um, ones, the Rebuild Spectrum and the Targeted Strength to apply your discount in that way. Yes. And then maybe in another supplement order, you could do the Women's Flora or the Restore Baseline or the GI Cleanup because those are kind of more in that $40 price point versus that $70 price point of the Rebuild Spectrum and the Targeted Strength. 
Yes. So the goal is purchase as much as you need through the summer and then you don't have to be stressed if your bottle is, you know, at room temp or slightly warm in your hand when you receive it in the summer. But as Becky said, rest assured, we've done our due diligence and we've actually tested and shipped and allowed boxes to sit in hot trucks and we still saw the viability of the colony forming units as stated on label. So we'll link that so you can read that. But hey, might as well save some money while you're at it. So use that beat the heat code and when you buy two bottles, you'll get the third at 50% off. Also announcement before we go into our sponsor of today's episode, we are chatting in May here. And so this is probably a call to action to consider your 10 day detox. This is that crazy time of the year. And last time we did a live detox program was with you guys in January, kicking off the new year. We probably will do another live detox later here in the fall, but we're just getting through this Beat the Bloat program that we did live for the first time where we've really been working microbiome and dysbiosis. So if you didn't catch that program, this is a great time on your own, your own due diligence, or with your community, your husband, your sister, a best friend, couple moms at the school to do a 10 day detox. It's a really great way to set the tone for summer, to feel vibrant, feel well in your body, maybe shed five to seven pounds in the process, clean out the pantry and get excited about these bright, fresh flavor profiles, acids and salads and clean proteins. A really great way to just reset the palate and get your metabolism on track for success. So we will also link the 10 day detox program as well as the ebook and the reset, restore, renew detox packs, which will come in handy. Of course, hint, hint, as we're talking about microplastics and, you know, supporting the body when it's exposed to endocrine disrupting chemicals, which we're going to learn a little bit of disturbing stuff. And let me tell you, the highest source is not fish. Surprise, surprise. Yep. (laughs) All right. And before we get into today's episode, let's just have a quick word from our sponsor for today's episode, Santa Cruz Medicinals. Yes. So y'all know I'm a big proponent of CBD or cannabidiol, and this is the non-psychoactive component of the cannabis plant that is also 100% legal regardless of your state's laws on medical marijuana. So CBD is going to be a compound that works in harmony with the endocannabinoid system. And every human body is wired with an endocannabinoid system, and we make CBD in our body naturally. However, CBD CBD levels get depleted or burned out from dynamic stressors as well as inflammatory processes. So when we take a quality, potent, and pure product like Santa Cruz Medicinal CBD, this has the ability to naturally improve our mood, calm or mitigate anxiety, regulate our stress or fight or flight response, and has been shown in literature to actually work to counteract cortisol from being released. So we all know that when we're under that high fight or flight mode, we can get that cortisol surge, which can drive up our blood sugar levels as well as drive belly fat. So if we know that the stress of the season is turning up with graduations coming up or the end of the school year stuff, this would be a great time to start layering in somewhere around 30 to 80 80 milligrams of CBD. In fact, our friends at Santa Cruz Medicinal suggest a hundred milligram a day challenge for one week where you take a hundred milligrams of CBD and then you dose appropriate based on your needs. What we love about Santa Cruz Medicinals is that they provide a potent and affordable dosage 
many CBDs out there are going to be at micro doses, which are not strong enough to have clinical efficacy. So again, they, they recommend that 100 milligram per day challenge so you can really experience what an, a potent dosage of CBD does for your body and then determine what you need. Some of our favorite products they offer are their deep sleep capsules, which provide 50 milligrams per capsule, their MCT oil CBD tincture blend, which I love, and that's the one that I use to offset caffeine in my coffee if I'm doing that instead of tea, or even as a dropper before a lecture or a performance. Um, they have topical pain salves and even beautiful Epsom salt combinations of CBD and essential oils. So go on over to scmedicinals.com. When you use Allie Miller RD at checkout, you will save 15% and get free shipping. Again, this is scmedicinals.com to check out lab-tested pure and potent CBD to offset your stress, inflammation, and have you feeling your best this summer. All right, let's talk fish. Um, so we should be eating it, we said, two to three times a week. You want to clarify like the portion and, and what that would look like? Sure. So yeah. generally speaking, we're looking at a recommendation of two to three times a week. And for adults, this would be about a six ounce portion. Yep. And um, if we're talking about for children, this could be somewhere between a two to four ounce portion or a three to four ounce portion for sure. Um, and you know, we will talk to you guys about variety of getting this in. The biggest thing I would say as a feedback that I hear is, uh, my husband or, you know, my roommate will not let me cook fish more than Mm, once a week. mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think it's because often what we make a mistake of is we'll take the fish paper after we cook our fish and leave it in the fridge. And then we wake up the next morning and that oxidation of, you know, the air connecting with that odor really has a strong, pungent, putrefying odor, if you will. And so one rule of thumb is when you prepare your fish, go ahead and take out the trash immediately, or at least when you're doing your dishes following that meal. And we'll also share in today's episode that you don't have to cook it three times to consume it three times. Exactly, exactly. There are easier ways to get it in and sneak it into the whole household. Um, So let's first kick off with just some of the research-supported benefits of fish. I think the most obvious and and kind of most talked about is the anti-inflammatory benefit of omega-3s. Yes. So we have seen time and time again that omega-3 fatty acids help to lower heart disease risk. Uh, There was a study that looked at over 40,000 men in the U.S. and those that regularly ate one or more servings of fish per week had a 15% lower risk of heart disease. And it is assumed that the increase of consumption would further reduce that disease risk. We also see that omega-3 fatty acids are a huge boost for mental health. So in the worlds of depression and anxiety, we have seen in several studies that people that suffer with signs of depression or anxiety often will see an improvement after adding an omega-3 supplement to their routine. And this has been confirmed in the gold standard of research, which is double-blind randomized controlled studies, where they've actually had a trial where they've had a placebo comparing to a active omega-3 fatty acid compound. And we've seen dynamic reduction in depression symptoms. We've also seen in the world of ADHD 
omega-3 levels in children have been discovered um, in those that have ADHD diagnoses to be lower omega-3 fatty acid levels than those that are in an optimal brain concentration and focus space. And we know about the impact of DHA. So when we think of omega-3s, we think of EPA and DHA as the active compounds. We know that DHA can actually support IQ testing scores when used prenatally and during breastfeeding in children. So huge impact beyond ADHD, but also in academia, cognitive function, and brain health. Yep. And I've got a little more on that coming up here too. Um, And then we can also see um, both Alzheimer's and age-related mental decline to show benefit um, with the the neuroprotective effects of omega-3s. Absolutely. Um, Bone and joint health, if we're also talking aging population, um, we've actually seen that omega-3 fatty acids have been shown in research to be able to increase the amount of calcium absorption from the gut. Um, So this is partially by enhancing the effect of vitamin D supporting that fat soluble vitamins efficacy, um, but that the omega 3s can actually improve strength of bones and synthesis of bone collagen. And then there was a randomized controlled trial that saw an increase in bone density in older people with osteoporosis when supplementing with EPA. So our omega 3 EPA DHA extra would be a beautiful tool if we're dealing with osteoporosis beyond our osteofactors, which is usually our go to with that MCHC bone matrix form of calcium. And what's more, the omega-3 not only helps with bone health and preventing bone breakdown, but it's also going to help with bone and joint pain. So we see reduction in arthritis or swelling and inflammation of joints with use of omega-3 fatty acids. Totally. Um, And then the world of eye health, which we just talked about on episode 291 and and omega-3s, fish oil, and consumption of fish being one of our biggest interventions. Um, But we know that the retina actually um, contains quite a bit of, of DHA. So it would make sense that consuming EPA and DHA would support it. Absolutely. So lower impact of macular degeneration. And we've seen that omega-3 intake is significantly correlated with a lower risk of macular degeneration, which is you know the leading cause of blindness in those over 60 years. We see a big impact in brain development and health. And so here's kind of highlighting the study on DHA. Um, we've seen that omega-3 deficiency can cause structural and functional changes in the hippocampus, the hypothalamus, and the cortex areas of the brain. So reduced levels of DHA are associated with problems of spatial and serial learning, as well as memory, and as mentioned, can be uh, increased with depressive symptoms, symptoms and aggressive behavior. So that's that ADHD and mental illness connection. We've seen that DHA is particularly important during gestation and infancy for early brain and visual development. And children with mothers who supplement with omega-3s during pregnancy score better on mental processing, psychomotor skills, hand and eye coordination, um, audio processing at nine months and four years of age. And then again, are going to have that lower risk of mental illness, depression, anxiety, and ADHD. And the magical amount for the DHA prenatally seems to be about a gram. Um, So that would be what, three to four capsules of our EPA DHA or 
about a teaspoon of our yeah. new liquid fish oil that should be releasing right around the time of this episode. Yeah, so the teaspoon of the EPA DHA extra liquid, if you will, um, is going to provide about two capsules worth of our EPA DHA extra in the EPA world but about four capsules of the amount, well, three and a half, I suppose, of the amount of the DHA. Yeah, it's and 990 so, milligrams mm-hmm. of DHA, per which is pretty impressive. And I will say, um, I know some of you are like, oh gosh, I already don't eat fish. I, I would not want to consider having that on a teaspoon. What's really beautiful about this is it does have essential oil from lemon. Um, there's not a fishy odor. There is not a fishy regurge. Um, it really has no dynamic taste. Um, back in the day when I used to take liquid fish oil, I'd have to like chase it with something. Um, This is something that Stella and I have been taking with ease for months now. And so we're super excited to share the liquid EPA DHA extra with you guys because of the flexibility of dosage. So also something that again, uh, an aging parent could go up to two teaspoons of if really we're looking at Alzheimer's or cognitive decline or severity of bone and joint pain or a big inflammatory shift in the body. And with your kiddos, you know, one ml, um, or excuse me, five mls is one teaspoon. So if you're using like an ml um, syringe dropper, um, this is a really great way for flexible dosing, even starting, you know, as soon as six months of age, to have a really huge impact of giving your child that leg up for optimal cognitive and mood stability. Yes, I'm super excited. I haven't had a fish oil I've been excited about for Noah yet. So that's kind of why we... Decided we need one for our kids um, and to extend it to you guys. Yes. And then um, if there's not enough argument for EPA and DHA in your life, um, we've talked about this when we talked about, I believe it was um, safe for for defense of our kids or the safety of our kids. Mm -hmm. It was an episode back early pandemic when we were talking about supporting respiratory support in children. Um, And there's also that episode on breath. Maybe it was that one. But we see significant outcomes. And this is probably the most turnkey dynamic, um, you know, because some of the ADHD reports and such could take more time. But asthma and reactive airway, that oxidative stress process in the lungs, um, we see huge respiratory support with EPA and DHA. We see regular fish consumption in the diet is linked to a 24% lower risk of asthma in children. Um, and then we see that even more dynamically so when using a potent supplement strategy. Super impressive. Yes. Um, and then fish we know comes in at a pretty high protein content with zero carbs and it's pretty low to moderate fat depending on you know what fish you're selecting. And we'll talk about in a second, you need to add quite a bit of fat to like really seal in that flavor. And, and because it's pretty low fat. Yep. But um, with that being said, that means that if we're looking at a lower calorie intake or we're trying to get support for weight loss, it's a great way to meet our protein goals, you know, without throwing out our amount of calorie control. So definitely fish would be a great source for weight loss support and a great way to follow that more Mediterranean form of a ketogenic diet, as well as a way to, um, you know, keep calories in check. I would also say that fish are easier to 
break down and absorb or digest. So often if we're coming off like a bone broth fast, we'll suggest starting with fish versus like a dense steak. Sure. Since you've kind of rested your digestive enzymes as you've been sipping your protein. Uh, Fish provides a rich source of minerals. So we get, especially with the bone in skin on forms of like traditionally canned fish, we're going to get a great source of calcium. Um, But we're also going to get like in our heme, our our, uh, salmon, our wild caught salmon, we're going to get that more heme in the iron. You'll see iron present in pretty much all fish, that difference of that coloring um, from the flesh to skin where there's that like darker pigment that Mm -hmm. connects in that um, collagenous property. You're going to see a lot of iron present there. We're going to see zinc, great source of iodine and selenium. In fact, richest source in the diet of those two minerals, fabulous source of potassium and magnesium. So great for blood pressure control and metabolic health. We know that fish serves as a good source of vitamin D, especially those fattier choices like our salmon. And we know that there's also unique antioxidants in fish like astraxanthin. Astraxanthin is going to give our wild caught salmon and our wild caught shrimp that pink hue, if you will. Um, And this has been linked to healthier skin, endurance, heart health, reductions in joint pain, and has a future potential in cancer treatment. It can also serve as a natural sunscreen. So the more astaxanthin that you consume assume the uh, better kind of sun protection you'll have from the inside out. Love it. Yes. Um, Let's talk about just reasons that fish might not be turning out at home. So where are we going wrong in the cooking and maybe even the selection process? Yes. So, you know, the first one you noted, Becky, is that you're not using enough fat. So you definitely want to seal in the flavor. If you don't add ample fat in your pan, um, you're not going to be ensuring that you're sealing the fish in that in that, um, I want to call it sealing process now, pan sear, searing sealing. <laughs> so the fat in a searing process will seal in the flavor and also reduce um, the water shifts that will occur in your fish. So enough fat is huge. Another consideration is if you cook it too long or at too low of temperature. So you want short time of heat and you want high heat. You want to resist the temptation to overcook your fish until it flakes. That's like old school cod I think of, you know what I mean? And that indicates that the fish is becoming dry and that texture I can even remember it from old school fish sticks. Um, So you know fish is actually done when the color turns from translucent into a just shifting into opaque Um, and we really want that internal temperature about 140 to 145 degrees. It will come up a little bit as you let it rest. Um, But I generally say as a rule of thumb, we want to think of about 10 minutes in the oven per inch of thickness. And that's at a temperature of 400 degrees if you're baking your fish. But the best flavor profile is going to be a pan sear for sure, because that's where you're really, again, kind of sealing things in. Totally. And you can really watch when you're pan searing too. You watch one side kind of come up with that color and then you know you know, when to flip it versus the oven is a little bit more nerve wracking that you could overcook it. Totally. Um, I think a huge kind of issue with making fish taste good is that the selection is off. And so maybe you're not starting with a fresh fish to begin with. 
absolutely when you're at your grocery store ask to smell your fish it should have a mild scent and maybe even be a little bit briny or even a little bit sweet and it should not have a bad fishy odor and then you can even test the quality of your fish um, with your finger especially at home but you might ask your fishmonger if you can do that or borrow a glove if it looks a little off to you yeah you can ask them to do it my guy would do that yeah where you basically are going to want to press down and your fingerprint should um, that flesh should bounce back you shouldn't see depressed imprint from your fingerprint Um, if that depression stays in then the fish is no longer fresh it's lost its turgidity and that water balance is off and that's not one that's going to taste good or have the most nutrient density Yep, I think we did that in the YouTube video, right? I I pushed my finger into the fish. And then um, if you're doing a whole fish, um, look at the eyes. They shouldn't look cloudy. They should still look clear um, if you are selecting like a whole red snapper, which is a really fun presentation. Absolutely. Um, And then when you're selecting your fish, we always go wild caught. This is going to have a better fatty acid profile and also have less toxicity. And we'll unpack toxicity in a moment. But we know for certain that the use of muscular structure of swimming against current or actually just having more space, um, having actual um, natural diet of plankton and other fish versus a provided diet through farm-raised methods is going to provide a lot more omega-3 fatty acids, a lot more protein, and a better fatty acid profile, again, with less toxicity. And then you could consider the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch List, which we'll link in the show notes, as well as the Marine Stewardship Council as good fish that are sustainable as well as at low toxicity. And I will note that, you know, when you're looking at your grocery store fish counter, this means that you may be better off doing a flash frozen fish like getting a whole bag of wild caught mahi mahi to do fish tacos with or wild caught salmon I'll often get honestly the Costco bag of that um, and then we thaw them really prior to preparing versus buying a previously frozen wild caught salmon at a higher price point and often it's going to have less turgidity because it was thawed and now it's sitting out yeah. in the grocery store yeah. versus something that we're really controlling that thawing process more directly at home yep and it'll it'll say that on like the little plaque um in front of the the fish selection it should say wild caught it may have that msc kind of logo on it or should um but at least say wild caught and then it'll tell you if it's fresh or previously um, previously frozen um and if you are getting fresh fish you really want to cook it like within 24 hours i always cook it that night when i select it fresh Yes, and just to state about the previously frozen element, you know, yes, you're going to see the plastic vac sealing your previously frozen options, but just because you don't see it at your grocery store, that's still how it's coming in thawed. It's just in larger fillets. And so you're not abiding or or getting around, excuse me, you're not, you know, navigating that plastic vac seal in a previously frozen fish. They're still going to have that same influencing factor. Yep. Um, let's talk through maybe some of our favorite choices for selection, both flavor profile wise and just for, um, you know, best bang for your buck in terms of nutrient density and lowest toxicity. 
Sure. So be that we're in Texas and on the Gulf, um, I do tend to eat a lot of wild caught Gulf fish. So like red snapper, black drum, uh, those are two frequent uh, ones that I would get at a restaurant around here, especially if I'm not sure if they have grass-fed beef. And that's kind of one of my rule of thumbs of making it happen is I'll do wild caught shrimp or one of those wild Gulf fish as one evening meal out. And that Mm -hmm. counts as one of my choices. Um, Also a big fan of wild cod, um, flounder, halibut, sole, wild salmon, uh, skipjack, which is a lighter or smaller version of tuna. And that's like the wild planet brand, which we can link some of that from the um, Amazon store. Um, So you can get those in packs of six. Uh, Those are fabulous for just an easy delivery of fish. And then um, I love scallops. I said already shrimp, but shrimp or bronze, um, and then sardines or anchovies, which those I'm usually doing like in a sauce or like yeah. maybe if I'm brave, a patty, yeah. um, but I'm usually more of a scallop or shrimp kind of gal if I'm going. I have a, a sardine, Thai sardine cake on the blog that kind of, it's reminiscent of like a crab cake yeah. kind of texture. It's doable. Um, and in that world, mackerel is, is pretty high up there in terms of nutrient density. It's just hard to stomach because it's like really, really oily. But I mean, that's what's yeah. in a lot of fish oils. And that's a really good sustainable choice if you um, can get past the fishiness. Yeah. 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 Um, so all those are really great choices. I, I forget if I said halibut, but halibut's one that I go to a lot, mm-hmm. especially as a wild caught option that is like an easy pre-frozen yep. one. And I have that beautiful recipe in the anti-anxiety diet, um, cookbook for the macadamia coconut crusted fish where I use pork rinds in it as well and it's a really great flavor profile my whole time I was in Hawaii I could never do any of the macadamia crusted fish because it always had gluten in it Mm, and so I had right when I got back I had to make up that recipe yeah (laughs) I love that I like looked at it so many times and it's it's an awesome preparation you do it in a food processor and then you just kind of um, do an egg white dredge and then also it's even more popular because probably we photographed it uh, in the cookbook is the tacos Mm -hmm. and those have a beautiful you kind of cut them into like two inch by one inch nuggets of fish and you can use cod for a cheaper option um you could use uh, black drum you could really use any mild fish that's wild and again kind of an egg uh dredge if you will and then almond flour with a bunch of seasoning and spices that we pan um fry in avocado oil and that's a fan favorite for people because again you put salsa and avocado and all sorts of flavor and People that don't like fish don't even know that it's a thing. Yep. And, and then delivery too for kids. I think it's really fun, you know, even without all of those toppings, just as like a, a nugget yes. kind of situation. Yeah. We do that probably two to three times a week um, where, and, and just an easy one, an ad lib where I just take, you know, almond flour and four or five different seasonings. So maybe smoked paprika, maybe some oregano, um, some onion or garlic salt, and then um, just dredge that fish in there. And those could be oven baked too for an easy night if you don't need it totally. as crunchy. Yep. And, and kids do really well with that with just like some roasted broccoli and it's just kind of done and done yeah um any other favorite um preparation okay. techniques or, yeah. or let's go through so there's dredged the and breaded yes. so there's dredged <laughs> and breaded so you can bread with pork rinds like i said macadamia coconut um almond flour and a variety within that world and we'll link some of those recipes and um great time to consider purchasing the anti-anxiety diet cookbook if you don't have a copy yet um, i love pan seared and so we'll link the youtube video where we did the pan seared black drum basically you're going to ensure that your fish is dried to start with with any 
of these recipes. And then you're going to want to always put salt and pepper on the fish first and then go into the next step. So any recipe you're using, always make sure you first dry that with a tea towel or paper towel and then the salt and pepper. And in the pan seared, we're going to use um, for that a little bit of butter in the pan. And then we finish with some garlic and spinach and bone broth and wilt that down. It's beautiful. Um, we could also, so those would be both cooked and those would be the ones that would kind of have an odor. If you don't want the odor inside, instead of baking in the oven or pan searing or pan frying, um, we could do a grill. So like I love doing cedar plank salmon um, on the grill or we soak a cedar plank it really imparts a beautiful flavor profile especially when we're getting like that wild king salmon Mm -hmm. the good fresh never prior frozen that's when I kind of invest in the cedar plank and I'll just do some slices of red onion and fresh sprig of thyme on there and we just grill those dry on the cedar plank and they turn out beautiful Um, and then I also like to incorporate without cooking those are kind of the big cooking options Um, without cooking I like to consider dips and salads and roll-ups. So we have the nori salmon roll-up. We could do that YouTube video as well. We did the stress-busting snacks and made that in there. Um, We also have a beautiful wild salmon dip on the blog and a Mediterranean tuna salad where we use that skipjack. And honestly, when we're talking about cooking, this is really where I'm thinking of our 12-week food as medicine ketosis meal plans because Becky and I did at least a fish recipe per week. Some and have two to sometimes three. I did yeah. two. Yeah. And I think that that's the biggest feedback that we're getting. People are loving the 12 week food as medicine meal plans, but they're like, wow, I can't believe how often I'm eating fish and the family's liking it. Yes. And so yep. as long as you're doing it correctly and you're getting good flavors, it can absolutely become a ritual. And the way I'd kind of be easy to distribute it is thinking of cooking it once a week at home, um, eating it once a week when out, and then doing a lunch option of like these dippers or roll-ups or even just doing locks like wild smoked salmon with cream cheese as a great way of having a dense snack and you can easily fit in four ounces in that way as well totally and i would note on the um canned fish um ali mentioned prior the like traditionally canned salmon um and that's traditionally canned like with the bones intact that's going to be a really high rich source of non-dairy source of of calcium Um, there are a couple brands actually on the market that you can get off the shelf and then there's um vital choice that does a traditional canning my clients look at me sideways when i tell them like it has bones in it but you can't your fork just breaks it up you never know and i have a coupon code or affiliate code that will link for the um vital choice option and yes it's their traditional sockeye salmon yeah and both vital choice and wild planet are bpa free cans so if we're thinking of bpa and we're thinking of toxicity let's cover the concerns of heavy metals environmental toxins and microplastics in fish yeah 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 this is a question we get all the time they're like wait you really want me to eat fish two to three times a week um and so i pulled a little bit of research that comes from ocean conservancy dot org um they had their researchers in their rockman lab in ontario um test basically a whole bunch of different fish and and notably these were fish actually from a lake in ontario these were not ocean caught fish um but they were looking for microplastics in the stomach um which you don't you know eat that part um the fillet and the livers of the fish to see how widely distributed the microplastics were 
In prior research, there was the suggestion that microplastics basically can transfer from a gut to a fillet, um, but we did see in this study pretty widespread occurrence in wild fish even. Um, so 74% of fillets, 63% of livers had at least one microplastic present, and when they looked at the fillets, livers, and stomachs, um, at least, uh, or 99% of all the fish had at least a particle present in any of those three studied tissues. So when we're looking at this and these levels of toxins, um, we want to kind of first think about relevancy of microplastics in our environment Mm -hmm. and other sources of them before we like sing the alarm bell of saying this is bad. And we've kind of hit on this where we get really annoyed with OBGYNs that say this about mercury, for instance, in fish um, and, and may, you know, ho ho or 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 say don't take epa dha extra right not knowing that our naturally nourished supplement line third-party tests for potency and purity and within purity we do test actually for phthalates we test for toxins such as mercury we test for bpa and all of these compounds that would be concerning in utero for healthy baby and so you know we really want to think of again knowing what we're talking about and understanding the reference as well as the density so even though all the fish that were looked at had microplastics um, something that was interesting and kind of goes against the idea of toxicity in metals is they did not show biological magnification, meaning that usually we say the smaller fish are going to have lower contamination of mercury because as a larger fish eats smaller fish, that biologically accumulates. Um, but what they did see is that actually the smaller fish had um in the same amount of tissue, a more density. So it could just be that there's less right. less distribution, less weight I guess, essentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so for most of the fish species in the study, the average consumption, if you're consuming the fish at a half of a pound twice per week, which is about what we're saying two to three times a week at that six ounces, mm-hmm. a little bit actually under that potentially, um, that there was uh, less than 1,000 microplastics a year contributing to that individual that was consuming at that level. Now, 1,000 microplastic impact sounds like a lot if you're not comparing it to anything. However, it is estimated that 35,000 to 62,000 microplastics are inhaled annually by an average adult. Inhaled. And this is inhaled from our environment because plastics are everywhere in our environment and these precipitate and these gather in our atmosphere so we saw exposure routes of plastics that were higher than fish to be drinking water especially bottled water Um, but even tap based on the purification process the tubes that are used and so forth Uh, beer was a big one and and probably just because the vats that are used in the brewing process although i always thought that it was like big metal things yeah they must use plastic plastic between the bottling or, or tubing or something like that yeah so beer showed up quite significant um and then we see salt as actually a pretty high source as well and even down to the level of honey but the ones that surpassed our fish were bottled water at and this was a comparison of let me see the reference of this table we'll have to put this out when we put out the podcast for sure i can like it but this was an average number of microplastic particles found per gram per liter um, of selected consumables and so bottled water came in at i'm not going to use the decimals but we'll just say the numbers bottled water came in at 94 beer at 32 air at 9.8 so almost 10 tap water at four 
seafood at 1.4. So, you know, again, appreciably, we can see bottled water being at from 94 to 1.4. Um, and then again, air being about nine times, more than nine times the impact of seafood. Okay. So it doesn't mean that microplastics aren't harmful in large amounts. It just means we need to look at this as a relative spectrum. We need to use less plastic, you know, in our households and control what we can overall. Um, and then now that we know they're everywhere, we can't get away from them. I think the other thing to talk about here is just supporting our body's ability to detox or, or yes. remove those microplastics, you know, especially when we're breathing them in and there are certain, you know, exposures that maybe we can't modify. Right. So we can't say don't breathe air. Right. And that's why we would not also leap to the conclusion to say don't eat fish. Yep. <laughs> that's the answer in case anyone questions you that's, on microplastics. That's answer. <laughs> if there's nine times in your air, then yeah. Um, you know, so right. We can offset the risk factor at, like in the air you know, world of things. And actually, I know you all have been asking, we have an upcoming podcast. We're going to talk all about water, mm -hmm. like reverse osmosis, rain barrel collection, XYZ. And that's where we'll also kind of dig back into this microplastics in our water world. But the first thing you could do is stop drinking out of plastic. Yes. And we've been telling you all that. That's why we, you know, love repping brands like Fond Bone Broth, which uses stainless steel all the way to glass and, you know, really drinking out of stainless steel water bottles or um, glass wherever possible. So avoiding plastics wherever you can in your choice, um, but absolutely doing the quarterly 10-day detox is huge. So using your food as medicine support of those brassicas, those sulfur-containing compounds in your cruciferous family, focusing on getting enough clean amino acids and using those Reset, Restore, Renew detox packs to upregulate the detox process, provide you with an abundance of antioxidants and a strategy of nutrients to really support that phase two detox while aiding in that activation of phase one. So we're giving you that three to one ratio of excretion of toxins beyond just activation. And that's what's really key and unique about our Reset, Restore, Renew detox packs. So taking a pack a day, passively, beautiful. That could work really well. Doing the 10-day detox where you're taking two to three packs daily, quarterly, would be a great way to change the oil essentially in the tank of your car as well as your body, if you will, right? Um, make sure that you're pooping daily because we know that if we're dealing with stagnation and constipation, that we're reabsorbing toxins through that gut blood barrier and that recirculates and that's what creates estrogen dominance and other drama in our hormones. Um, we would lose weight because we know our adipocytes or our body fat is where we store toxins and that's where those microplastics would be stored as well. So doing our 12-week meal plan for ketosis could be a great jump start or taking it next level and also doing our 12-week food as medicine keto program to really ensure that you lose weight and that you shed weight from your fat and then doing those 10-day detox um, supports quarterly to ensure as you're losing the fat that you're facilitating that excretion pathway. And then in the supplement world beyond the Reset, Restore, Renew detox packs, I'd also strongly consider the Brocco Detox as a good nutraceutical support. And that's that broccoli sprout that is aided in its bioavailability through the myrosinase enzyme, which we throw into that compound with the broccoli seed and sprout. Um, really powerful player to offset the impact of toxicity. Okay. So don't stop eating fish. Just support your body and... <laughs> 
um, try to reduce plastic overall. Um, all right. So finally, let's talk um, supplementation and you know how to go about actually choosing a fish oil. So beyond the two to three servings per week, we do want pretty much everyone across the board taking a high quality fish oil. This is one of those like baseline supplements. If you're like, I can only take three things. It should be in that list. That's why it's in our essential wellness bundle, right? It's an essential to your wellness. Hello. We talked about mental (laughs) health. We talked about inflammation and heart disease and so much more. So you want to make sure if you're taking an omega-3 fatty acid that you're not taking one that's over the counter drugstore variety and has oxidized omega-3s or additives like soybean oil. I mean, the whole imbalance of our omega-3 profile is as we've shifted from that hunter-gatherer consumption of foraging and hunting and all animals being pasture-raised to a high omega-6 profile where everything is eating corn and soy and we as humans aren't eating as much phytocompounds or pure proteins. And so we're adding in these omega-3s now to offset that omega-6 to omega-3 omega-3 imbalance. And we see, unfortunately, that there's carrier oils or additives in many omega-3 products that include omega-6s. So definitely check the ingredient label and ensure there's no carrier oils or additives. You want to make sure that your fish oil is third-party assessed excuse me, for purity and potency. And so we want to know that there is testing by an impartial lab um, and that that's going to test for the heavy metals, dioxins, PCBs, and also test for rancidity as well as purity of the stated dosage. With that, the next question is, does it contain adequate EPA and DHA? So we did a really cool comparison when we had a promo on our EPA DHA Extra. We compared it to the most widespread seller, I guess, the Kirkland fish oil at 1,000 milligrams, it says on the front. Um, And for two soft gels, it offered only 720 milligrams of omega-3s. And of those, didn't even break down the distribution of EPA or DHA. So of those 720, it might only have 80 and 100 of the EPA and DHA. We also saw in that product that it had polysorbate 80, so it's a harmful preservative. It also had potassium sorbate. Um, We saw that um, compared to our single capsule of our EPA DHA extra, instead of having that total of 720, we have 1.4 grams or 1,400 milligrams of omega-3 concentrate. And then we break you down and guarantee the milligram per capsule of 710 milligrams EPA and 290 milligrams of that DHA. And then as I mentioned, you know, the omega-3 EPA DHA extra liquid per teaspoon is going to provide between two to three capsules of the EPA DHA extra when we're looking at the EPA or DHA dosage. And then if we're adding compounds to our EPA DHA extra, we use mixed tocopherols in the vitamin E family as an antioxidant. We use rosemary extract as a plant-based antioxidant as a preservative instead of toxic compounds. And then we also add in a little bit of vitamin A, ascorbyl palmitate as an antioxidant, again, protecting against rancidity without adding toxicity. Yes. So definitely, we'll, add, we'll definitely probably layer that in with today's episode or have that LinkedIn that's on our product page for the EPA DHA extra. So that would be looking at adequate dosage, right? Um, We're looking at what is it using to protect protect against oxidative damage? Is it a chemical preservative or an antioxidant? 
And then what type of fish is it using? So we always are going to note the sources of ours, which are going to be from sardines and mackerel. And then, um, you know, you wouldn't want something that is not going to be listed. So ours will say anchovy, sardine, or mackerel as the source of the fish in our product. Um, and then we also want to ensure that when we're looking per pill, we're also considering price in that equation. And it's always our guarantee that we scour the research market. We never really offer a supplement out there if there's a competitor that we feel can outdo our sourcing. Um, but our guarantee is that we really push hard to be at least 3% under any said competitor in our price point. Um, and so that's a really good way that you know you're getting that potency, the purity, and the best bang for your buck. Yes. All right. I think we did it. We covered all the things fish. So hopefully this inspires you guys to get that fish in two to three times a week. Hopefully we've made it easy and tasty and delicious and very attainable for y'all. As always, go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to today's podcast, along with a couple of sentences of why you love the Naturally Nourished podcast and share this podcast with a friend or maybe a husband who is anti-fish in the house. Yes. <laughs> maybe you can convert him. Yes. And then check out our 12-week keto food as medicine meal plans and as well as our 12-week keto food as medicine program if you really want to take a deep dive of being fat-fueled and getting rid of the toxicity stores that you're holding on your body. And this is a great time to consider that 10-day detox So we'll be linking that as well as the supplements discussed in today's episode and another call to action to go on over to YouTube and subscribe to the Naturally Nourished YouTube channel so that you can watch how to prepare fish and make it tasty. We'll link the episodes discussed or the, I guess they're not called episodes, the featured videos discussed. And I know for those of you loyal podcast listeners, if you haven't explored the channel, there's now over like 60 different videos with awesome content. And we hope that you'll join us over there. So subscribe, like, comment, and be a part of our journey over in that mixed media as well. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.